combat divas Stomp your left, right, left Combat divas Hey! Welcome back to the Combat Divas Podcast. It's your girl, TG. And your girl, Tanisha B. And on today, we have a treat. I mean, in between, we was talking a little bit. And I mean, it was already fired up. So I cannot wait to get into this episode. I'm going to pass it to Tanisha B. And let her introduce our guest on today. Man, you in for a treat. <laughs> well, I'll let our special guest, um, she can introduce herself because she has a, a long list and I don't want to fudge up anything. <laughs> so uh, be my guest and go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. So my name is Giovanna Marie Gaines-Sims and I am currently a second year student in my doctoral program for counseling, education and supervision. Awesome. My master's is in community mental health counseling and uh, my bachelor's degree is in psychology. I mentioned that because that does all flow together. Okay. I'm currently in the process of starting my own private practice. Nice. In mental health, yes. Private, that's what we're talking about, private practice, building our own. Yes, ma'am. Where's the money? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's exactly what we need in our community today because um, a lot of times people view um, you know, a person with mental health issues as like a sign of weakness. And mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, like what I heard growing up is, um, you don't need to be on someone's couch, talk to somebody, paying them all your money and they won't fix you. What you need to do is go to church and pray it away and talk to God. And I'm like, that can help for some people. But when somebody is really hurt and really deep down when they can't connect with what's going on in their life and why things happen to them, I think it's deeper than just going to you know, going to a church or going to talk to God and pray away. Sometimes you just need that that response, someone right. to, you know, bounce things back I off agree. of and talk to you back. I agree. So I can speak to both as a therapist, but also as a as a Christian. Okay. Um, in the black community, I think it was kind of always, like you said, growing up as a kid, we can pray it away. Mm. But the truth of the matter is that religion is also oftentimes taught. And sometimes it's taught, but it's not taught thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So the Bible specifically tells us to study to show thyself approve a workman rightfully dividing the word of truth. You work out your own soul salvation. Mm-hmm. So the Bible also says faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So you can have all of the faith in the world and pray, but behind that, even the word of God says faith without work is dead, meaning you do have to do something else. If mm-hmm. I get sick and break my toe, I can pray for healing, but I still need to go to the doctor. <laughs> so and physical have therapy this. Or Exactly. <laughs> right. Same thing that applies to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are deep-rooted issues um, in the city of Chicago. There's so many things that are rampant that are going on in mental health, and you do. Mm-hmm. You need to see a therapist, but then it doesn't stop there either. Yeah. Because the real healing comes from within. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go sit down with a therapist. I can process with you through some issues that you're having. But at the end of the day, the work really comes from the individual that's suffering. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And I, 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 I came up in church. I went to church for about a long time, like 16 years, right? Just, just religion-based, I would say that. And a lot of times you would see that people would, you know, not take their medication and just... 
it was a little bit more dramatic. You know, it was a charismatic church, Pentecostal church, so you know, it was a lot more dramatic and bang. But you know, a lot of times I would hear growing up, uh, well, don't you know, don't question God, don't question you know what's going on, yeah, don't question this, and, and well, don't worry about all that that's going on. Just don't question it. Just 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 pray and just go through. But then after a while, it's like, okay, I got it, but. I mean, so nothing. No, no, no questions can be asked. But that's that's not even the truth, <laughs> right? Yeah. The Bible says you may try God at His word. Mm-hmm. So I think oftentimes growing up, and this is what you know, I was at a church visiting, and this, and I heard this because what people need to understand is that spirituality and mental health really do go together. Mm-hmm. So that's why when I start private practice, my if you look me up now on Facebook, it's called Spiritual Counseling Center mm-hmm. because again. As human beings, we're made of mind, body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And you have to, any situation needs to be treated. There needs to be balanced. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes our parents who, there's this amazing book called All the Things um, You Don't Know Because Your Parents Didn't Teach You. That's a good book for any <laughs> young. I subscribe to counseling so much. <laughs> I talk to people about this book and I recommend this book so much. Um, and I'm sure we can probably drop it in somewhere on the podcast, definitely, so people can go look at that. But your parents can't give you what they don't what they don't know to give you. Absolutely. It's just like in relationships, mm-hmm. a man or a woman, because we 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 both do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's no separation That's here, right. no judgment. So basically, what I was trying to state is that as human beings, we all have this basic need, and that thing is called love. We want to feel it. We we want yeah. it. We want it. We want it, right? We desire <laughs> it. We want it. But oftentimes what we do is we connect ourselves with people and we want the people that we connect with ourselves to love us. Mm-hmm. But people can only love you from the place that they know how. So case in point, I'm in a relationship. I want my husband to validate me. Well, the truth of the matter is that validation originally comes from a father. So let's hypothetically say your, your spouse or significant other, boo bae, whatever you want to call it, never had a father. They don't know how to validate you. They can't give you what they don't have to give you. This is why in therapy, you always hear the term, we have to meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. As a therapist, I can have an expectation that you heal. I can meet you. I can feel your energy. I can love it. And I can go home. I can pray. And I can say, I can see where there's going to be a breakthrough. But I also have to be realistic enough to know that we all have different, our own different process. Mm -hmm. And anything that's like healing things like that is progressive. It's going to take time. You have to process through it. You have to get your own epiphanies. I can meet you there, Mm -hmm. but I can't take something and hit you over your head and have you to be healed today. Mm -hmm. So it is. It's hard work. Um, Yes, it's faith. Yes, there's the the spiritual side, but there's also the physical work. There's also the mental work. There's also the emotional work. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it is tied to unforgiveness. Oh, man. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, we got to go back a little bit. Okay. Now, I I wholeheartedly agree with the fact that as in in any relationship, be it friendship or romantic relationship, we cannot expect this person to to be my my all and validate everything. And if I'm down, it's your job to pick me up. And if you know, I'm feeling unsure about myself. It's your job to provide that certainty because we have to. It's unfair, really, to to put that burden on somebody it else. Is. And a lot of times, especially our young men, both young men and women now, really, we haven't been taught how to be in a relationship. You know, because we're born in broken homes and stuff like that. So if all I saw was, in my in my experience, if all I saw was, you know. 
either a, a domestic violence or an absentee father or absentee mother, I feel like I'm either going to go one or two ways. I'm going to just do my best to not be like that. Yes. Or I'm going to fall into that that's cycle health, somehow. And that's the truth. Right. And so, yeah, so that is mental health, what we're speaking about. You know, you know what you know what you know. And so you mentioned that people do one or two things. And I would like to mention the, um, an ideology called the road to Damascus in, in substance abuse. And in substance abuse counseling, you have people who will be users. Mm -hmm. And what they would end up doing is waking up one day saying, I'm over this. I'll never do it again. I don't want to touch it. That's the road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. That was an epiphany, yet they were able to do it by themselves. They woke up. They didn't want to do it no more. But then you also you have some people who want to be free from something, but they need help. Mm -hmm. So we're different. And that's, that's why for me as a therapist, I deal with people from an individualistic perspective. I cannot treat you the way that I may be able to treat her. Right. I can't treat him the way that I may be able to treat her. We're all our own individual people. Right. So, And you're exactly right. Some, some people say, when I grow up, I never be like my mother and daddy oh, or, yes. or whoever wasn't there or what I saw, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then you got some people that do the very same thing that they saw their parents do. What is that called? Mirroring. Mm. But they, I don't, do they do it consciously or is it just like a kind of unconscious? And I think, again, that's based on individuals. Some, mm. you know, people have their reasons why they allow. People have their reasons why they follow. Wow. You know, a person can say, this is all I know, so this is what I'm going to do. Then you got some people that are just like, this is all I know, but I don't want to do this. Yeah, so they're making a choice. Absolutely. This so like big. that's what I think people don't do. They like they don't realize that they're making a choice, and they thinking that that has been forced upon them. But it's like at the end of the day, you choose the path that you want to go down. You can't. And like, and that was one of my questions. I'm like, if you had a childhood filled with adversity, can you or should you blame your parents and who or whoever raised you for what you didn't amount to be? Absolutely not. Because if I blame my mother, who was a 16-year-old teen parent, who mm -hmm. still doesn't have a high school diploma, or my father, who was not there, but I knew, know him now, and we have a better relationship since I become an adult, mm -hmm. for uh, my growth, then I wouldn't be where I am. Yeah, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, born and raised. I went to some of, I went through some of the most trying situations that I see in therapy come before me, mm. and I can mirror that, and I can honestly have compassion, and I can see. And meet the person where they are because I was right there. Mm -hmm. The woman you see today has been a lot of healing, hard work within myself, but also my experiences. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we want to believe that it's all about us. And that's why I take it back to spiritual. Mm -hmm. I am of the belief that there is a higher power than me. Call them what you want. Allah, Buddha. You can, you can practice Toism, Hinduism, Chiism. I did that too. I grew up as a Christian. I grew up as a Christian and one day woke up and said, I don't have to, have to subscribe to what my parents said I should be. Right. And that took me on my journey of, of world religion. Yeah. But I came back to Christianity because it was the thing and the place where I was most comfortable. Mm -hmm. So when I talk, I'm very unapologetic about, yes, I serve God as a Christian, but if you're my friend and you're a Muslim, you can be whatever you want to be. Absolutely. As a therapist, as a client, come in. Mm -hmm. It's not for me to pass a judgment on you. This is human nature. Just mm -hmm. because you're Christian and I'm Muslim doesn't mean that you're sitting here before me about an issue of a broken heart. Your heart get broke, my heart get broke, and religion, my yeah. race, my age, none of that is matter. Mm -hmm. what, what what are we placing on the heart? 
The yeah. heart is the heart. Right. That's your feeling. That's your emotion. Mm-hmm. And that is what's called shared common, common universality. Mm-hmm. I can go all the way across the world and meet somebody with a mental health issue, and we start talking about our issues, and I can look at that situation and say, I've been right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have to be the same race, age, none of that. Absolutely. So, So when you begin to understand that healing is very much so more spiritual than it is academic. Yeah. I thank God for my degree. Mm-hmm. I thank God for all of those acc- acc- um, accolades. I'm humbled. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mother or my father don't have a high school diploma. Oh, wow. I fought. I went, through, I went through academia. And, and do you know why I'm here? See, people will ask me and people will look at my life. I will share my testimony. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And when I share it, People don't want to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. People will say, how did you do it? Why, why do you drive a nice car? How do you live in that house? How, how do you have this? You want to know the truth? And when I tell you, are you going to accept it? Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, first I went through hell. Mm-hmm. And as I went through that hell and those processes, it made me be a better woman. And I went through hell, I went through healing. Mm-hmm. But before I did any of that as a kid, I prayed. Mm-hmm. I went to God and said, I want this. I want a degree. Mm-hmm. I don't want to raise my children. If God, if you ever bless me with children, I don't want to raise them in the environment I grew up in. Mm-hmm. God, I'm in, my kids are in acting. I grew up in poverty. How do we break these generational curses? Mm-hmm. Now we've taken something called therapy mm-hmm. and made it be spiritual and we're getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have both, right? but I'm going to always go back to the source. I right? got you. And the source is God. So yes, it starts within, but it also starts within from a higher power. And mm-hmm. you are allowing him in surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the hard part. Yeah. Surrendering is really hard. Because yeah. people they just want to hear the they just want to hear the easy part. Absolutely. They they don't want to hear the 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 adverse stories. They don't want to hear how you overcame. They they just want to hear that one part, that 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 shiny rainbow glitter pot of gold at the end, but they don't want to see, you know, they don't want to hear what happened at the very beginning. And that's what lead people in a like a, a like opposite direction because like you have to like sometimes you have to you have to go through things to appreciate the stuff that you do have That's true. and it's I mean I did I just lost my thought um but no I wanted to you know what I honestly want to go back to when you were saying that um how people would pass judgment and it made me think about um, a relationship that I was in and before we started that relationship like we was talking on the phone and I'm he was feeling like you know just where my head was and he was like I would never date another woman who did not have their father in their life and mm. it made me think I'm like well what kind of stuff this person been through and why is he judging all of these you know women because he had been in a couple of relationships to where these women didn't have their father in their life, and he attested it to have them having uh, daddy issues. And I'm- so after talking to him, and I'm like, well, I mean, my dad was, uh, you know, a substance uh, substance abuse. Like he, you know, did drugs. He uh, abused alcohol. My mom, being a strong person, she was. She didn't keep him in the household around us. She put him out the household. You can do whatever you want to do, but do it somewhere else. Yeah. So I didn't grow up with a functional father in the household because before he left the home, I had a daddy in the house. But I mean, what good was he to me if he's either too high to even function, or too drunk to even function, or just right. sleeping all the time? Yeah. So when I asked him, I was like, so. You know, me talking to me and, you know, you hearing where my head's at. Um, do you believe that I grew up 
with both parents in the household with my father around me. He was like, yeah, because the, you know, the way that you're talking, the way to this, 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 that, and the third, and how you carry yourself. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, kind of upset that you passed that judgment on me because I'm like, I didn't grow up with a father in household. I just made a decision to where I'm like, whatever I go through in life and whatever decisions I make or whoever I decide to, whatever male I decide to be in a relationship with, um, I'm just going to be the best person that I could possibly be. Absolutely. Treat them how I would like to be treated. But I was like, but no, I didn't grow up with a father in a household. And that should let you know that you shouldn't judge based off of how a person was brought up and who was in their household. You can you have to base you know how you feel about that person based off of how that person, what they're showing you and how they are towards you. It doesn't matter where my father was. I mean, you have people that had father, both parents in the household and still, you know, Absolutely. was kind of screwed up and going through life all backwards. I think it's easier said than done. And I'm going to let you come in too. As far as, now, how far does this go? Now, if you, and I'm just the devil, I mean, well, I'm the advocate on this. Let me get the other side of the, the table. Devil's advocate. Okay. <laughs> you said devil's advocate. I'm saying that if, okay, like if I've dated, if, if I was a guy and I dated a bunch of women who, who, who did not have a father in their life, and altogether, these women have the same traits. Like, so if you were, if you was raised by a single mom, twelve times out of ten, you're you're a dominant woman, right? You you don't really, you know, you don't feel like you really need a man for everything. You kind of go after your own thing, and it takes a certain type of man to be in your life if you if you were raised by a strong black woman. Because now, you know, you spearheaded. You know what you want. You know what you're going to get it. You ain't got time for nothing else. You, you know, and most people who, if you was raised by a strong black woman, you might have a flip mouth, like. You might just you might just say whatever because I ain't gonna do that because most people if they was right this is how they See, and I think that's, that's the black talk. community though it could yeah you're I, right I, and I think that's I think a lot of that is black community that goes back to Willie Lynch that goes back to chattel slavery mm. that goes back to separating the male from the home mm. in the black community so yeah. Growing up, big mama or grandma <laughs> right. was the strong one. <laughs> right. And she is where all of the value came from. Mm-hmm. And the black community is more monarch versus other cultures is patriarchal. That is. But when you remove the male from the head, again, going back to spiritual, mm-hmm. because the Bible specifically tells us that the male is head. But how do you break up and devise a plan 300 years prior to destroy a whole community of people? Mm-hmm. And and it's like everybody in this room right now that's talking, we're having this talk. And, and FYI, we can go on forever because I it's know, right? so <laughs> much that we can touch on the grounds of this. Right. But we're all black. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, we can't talk from a white lived experience. Right. Your lived experience is black and your lived experience is black. It doesn't right. matter if it was in Chicago or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So culturally, you have to look at that too. Mm-hmm. This is why as a therapist in mental health, I'm always up praying, asking God, give me the discernment. Mm-hmm. Lead me how to deal with this client. Show me deeper than what they might not even share. Yeah. Because they'll tell you in counseling, I can't help you unless you disclose everything that went on. Well, somebody might not be ready to discuss that they were molested by their father who's sitting outside and is playing for the therapy. Let's Mm -hmm. talk real talk. Right. That's a lot of unpacking. So now I'm trying to unpack in, hold on, what's the long... You can go to therapy as long as you want, but the idea, depending on what methodology you use, most people might be for eight weeks, depending on what your medical paying for. 
Because <laughs> okay? right. I still got to get paid. Like, yeah, right. I'm good at what I do, but I got a family at home too. Right. There is so, and then let's talk about even the idea that mental health, that budget keeps being reduced. Mm. And it's being reduced more in the black community than anywhere else. They don't want you to have help. No, they don't want help in the black community. Matter of factly, when you be someone like me who's trying to start private practice, they're going to block any way that they can mm. because here you come thinking you're about to help heal this system that we want to be broken down. For one, there's power in numbers. This is so much deeper than uh, um, however many minute conversation concerning baggage, concerning relationships, concerning our children, concerning what our parents didn't do. Mm -hmm. So if I were to, I feel like if I were to wrap it up, if somebody, and people do, in therapy all the time, they want a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And let me, let me <laughs> go against what the truth about counseling is. We are not here to fix your problems. No. We do not have the ability to fix your problems. I am no magician. I have no magic wand. Right. I can't well, go back and undo everything every, that happened to you. What I am here for is an advocate mm -hmm. on your behalf as a mental health specialist. And I consider myself a mental health specialist because, again, I go beyond the idea of what counseling discipline says. Mm -hmm. And when we get into those deep-rooted things, I really do need to be in tune with God and spiritual to hear how I can be led. Because I might be able to use um, aggression in, in counseling with her. She may come and say, well, I did it again. I slept with him and that wasn't the goal. Because mm -hmm. the first thing is to shape a goal, right? right. And then I might can say to her, now, how did you go behind the goal? You were strong last week. Come on, girl. You, you right. got it. You know, I can advocate and support her through that that way. Somebody else that might be more vulnerable, I might have to be able to sit back and say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, what are we move, doing moving forward? <laughs> right. What is our plan? Right. I'm still here for you, but I can't be aggressive with this person like I can that person. Mm -hmm. I might be sensitive. I might start crying like, I know. Cry. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Cry. <laughs> Oh, that is so much of therapy that people don't understand. A lot of people see tears as weakness when, in fact, biologically, it is the complete opposite. Biologically, when you shed tears, you release what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So I was that girl. Come through. I, yes. I would not cry. I went through situations where I would be like, what I'm crying for? I done been through hell. What tears going to do? So then what do, Ooh, now what am I viewed as? That part. The angry black girl. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not the passionate black girl. <laughs> right. When the professor gave me a C and I'm like, how did you give me a C but you gave Becky an A? Uh -huh. And Becky copied off of me and it, was asking me answers. Right. Right? But the thing that I had to come to terms with is that we have to fight the battles that we can fight. Mm. I didn't learn that through therapy. I learned that through lived experiences. Right. This is why healing is much more than just sitting with the therapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is why any therapist that's going to be good at what they do need to go beyond the, the, the discipline mm -hmm. or the ideology of what counseling the counseling field says. I did all of that. Mm. And I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I am still going through a healing process. Yeah. So... It's easier for me to say to someone, sweet love, this ain't going to happen today. You, do, right. you will be surprised at how many texts and phone calls I get from people that I meet. I'm not making this up. I believe you. I, I even started you. private practice in the nail shop. And I'm like, I was just supposed to minister to you this one day mm -hmm. and let you know I was a therapist and give you what therapy say and give you what the Bible said. Mm -hmm. Now you're at my house eating dinner. Yep. <laughs> I have so many they people. Want more. They want it's more. It's a hunger yeah. for it. It is, especially when you're trying to heal. Like, yeah. I, it, it, if there's a hole there, you're looking for whatever's filling that void. And if it's filling that void, like, okay, more, please. Yeah. You know, like, but but can we talk about this? The more and, and 
And I speak really, really, really because my heart is with the black community. Yes, I will take anybody in therapy. However, and I've been infect- effective with other races as well. And I'm not just talking about white, Indian, uh, I, <laughs> Asian, everybody. you know, but, you know, it, it is, it, for me, it's kind of like heartfelt. You want more? You'll spend three hundred dollars to go get your weave in order. <laughs> I met you at the nail shop. Your nails on fleek, right? Okay, right, I know right. I'm talking to because I, I like to consider myself middle middle <laughs> age. You know how some people be like, I'm old school. I'm new school. Right. I'm middle school <laughs> because I'm not old enough to be old school yet, right. but I'm not young enough. Young, to young be enough to be so I'm middle school here, right? right? So right. I, my young, my oldest is fourteen. My youngest is two. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then I got brothers, and then I got baby now sisters who it started out as mentorship, and Aww. then it turned into, okay, you just going to come on. You're, you're a little sister. Yeah. You get to call me at 4 a.m. and wake me up out my sleep talking about what Lil Ray Ray did. Why are we talking about this when we've been talking about Lil Ray Ray for four years? I'm telling you, and I'm giving you it yeah. from different perspectives. Right. So you're saying like, so people will spend money, like an awful lot amount of money, Every month or every Absolutely. week on things that it just make them feel good. No, for, make them look good. Make them look good, but feel good. But look, no, they feel good. Like you temporarily. Like, like when I go shopping or something, and I'm like, I find something I able to fit into a nice pair of jeans. I'm like, and I get those pair of jeans, and I'm like, I feel good. I feel good for that moment, though. Exactly. But if you were to take that money and put it to the side and put it towards the type of counseling that you would need, or the type of spiritual healing that you would need. You'll feel good all the time. Exactly. And even if you don't got the money to fit in them pants. Right. Mm -hmm. You will feel good if you overweight. You will feel good if you underweight. Mm -hmm. You will feel good if you do connect yourself to the wrong person. Because sometimes people can mask. You Let's go back to the gentleman you talked about. You can do all of that planning and saying, I want and I'm going to base it and I'm a plan. But don't we know plans don't work? Yeah, you should plan. But it don't never work out the way that you actually exactly. plan it. Yeah. So you almost got to kind of be kinda these combat girls <laughs> ready be, for whatever, ready for war. War yeah. ready, right? You got to be flexible. Well, yeah. fluid. You, 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 you got to be, be flexible fluid, no flexible, whatever, whatever word <laughs> yes. you want to use to describe it. <laughs> yeah, you're but right. But yeah, people won't. And so when you have self-love, so let's go back oh, to that word. Come on, self-love. When you have self-love, I don't care if you're obese. I don't care if you don't have a dime in the bank. You can look in the mirror and you can love right who you are, right where you are. Yeah. And trust me, I've been there too. I was a shop shopaholic. You know me personally. You follow me on social media. If it wasn't a red bottom, I ain't want it. <laughs> I used to feel like money was the end all to do all, but all of that money was doing and that superficial for the moment. As soon as I done been paid $1,000 on a pair of shoes that's going to make everybody else think I'm popping. Mm-hmm. But my heart and my spirit ain't right. Mm-hmm. I'm still sad sitting in the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm still broken about what happened when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I still have unresolved issues from the argument I had with my best friend. Mm-hmm. And we still trying to sit at the table together and call each other friends, but we don't even know how to come to the table as women and put all of that out there. So that's why I say when I speak, it's not going to necessarily sound all academic. Do I have the the academic terminology? Did I go to school? Am I at that level? Absolutely. But when I talk to my people, I'm going to come from a place of genuine, real. I'm real. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I mean, that's what we need. I mean, I think it's time out for... Uh, just the you know sugarcoating and using you know delightful words and and making it sound great. Like so now we is. do need that. Okay, look the that elephant concrete. In the room. Yeah, let's let's talk about it yes. because and I, especially in transparent moment in my family, like we were used to sweeping stuff under the rug. Like we we didn't 
discuss things openly. It was just like we knew what was going on, but nobody talked about it, and it and it went on for years and years and years. And what is that called? Until uh, I, I, conflict resolution. Oh, Do you know oh. why? Your parents can't teach well, you, or grandma, <laughs> or grandpa, mm-hmm. or great-grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. can't teach you conflict resolution. Mm. If their parents, that's why I said that book was so good for me. Yeah, I read yeah, this book when I was 19. Some families have generational curses. Mm-hmm. They have some blessings, but they have generational things that they do for year after year after year. And it is not. It's lived experience learned from what grandma and them did. Right. So how do we break the cycle? It starts really with one of us. Right. Then when you start having children. So yeah, I teach my kids. What I was teaching my kids, my 14-year-old daughter, 12-year-old daughter, 9-year-old son, 2-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. I teach my kids from birth what child molestation is. Once my children yeah. learn how to wipe themselves, I'm telling you, when you go to school, I don't care if you at grandma's house, because mm-hmm. guess what? I love my uncle, but my uncle also is a substance abuser. Mm-hmm. I can't decide if today that drug that he takes is going to cause him to look at my child in a real auspicious way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, you got to let him So if you inform, mm-hmm. if you educate, yeah. If you teach, if it's didactic, whatever yeah. word you want to use to say, didactic. teach, because that's all teaching, right? Yeah. yeah. School, school a person, whatever term you want, because that's what therapy is. I have to be flexible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't do therapy for a twelve-year-old the way that I do therapy for a forty-year-old. Right. That baggage is different. Yeah. Yeah. That look different. Yeah. <laughs> so I, a lot of times and they when I speak, different yes, too. a lot of times when I speak, because I am, I, I'm in love with academia. I eat sleep. I'm not a TV person. Mm. I eat sleep books. Yeah. So when people come and ask me, well, how are you at 39? How do you know? How? Because I've been reading. At 19, I read that book about healing. Mm. That was some of the best things that could have fell in my hand. Mm. So why, why would I not forgive my mother? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why would I hold that over my mother's head? I, I just think it's so important to realize that people can't, people have to love you from where they are and reach you from where they are and there is no other way around that. And I, I think a lot of times we do hold people accountable for what they don't know yet. So it's hard for me to hold you accountable for what you don't know because you're not there yet. And then I'm, hold, I'm, I'm holding... And then a lot of times we hold people accountable and we don't even tell them why we hold them accountable. You know, and I've seen this a lot of times in relationships where I'm mad at you, but I, I don't know how to communicate why I'm mad at you. And I'm holding you accountable for something that I didn't even tell you was an expectation of yours. Of mine, rather. Or boundaries. So, yeah. So, like, I, I didn't even tell you about it, but I'm mad at you about it. Absolutely. And, and maybe and that is that conflict resolution. And, and whose fault is that? Because mine. that person that then went on and they live in their life. Right. And you're mad. <laughs> but what's right. the underline? See, this is the thing I like to teach, too. Oftentimes, I'm going to paint a picture. Mm. Imagine an angry person. Mm. No matter. Male, woman, pick it in your head. Mm. When you see them, you'll be like, stay angry. I'm going to keep on walking. That right. energy bad, right? Right. But there's something underneath that. And it's called hurt and pain. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what happens, because I had to go through that therapy, I became that angry woman. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the root of it, that like, but for real up under that, it's real hurt. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling with being vulnerable. So I'm mad at my back to what you said, whoever it might be, best friend, grandma, whomever. I'm upset. And I don't know how to come and tell you I'm upset because I might know about grandma. If I tell her that, grandma going to shrug it off or right. is this person really going to hear me right. when mm-hmm. I convey to them what I'm actually feeling? Mm-hmm. That's another thing. We can have arguments. We doing all of right. this. But we don't hear each other. Yes, yeah, true. So that's why my husband calls me relentless. 
<laughs> when I say I'm the thug in the house, I'm the crazy mama at the school. But when I'm done, mm-hmm. everybody get the point. Yeah. yeah. Because, take it. And, and, and I'm unapologetic about that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when I see an angry woman, angry person, mm-hmm. I'm so compassionate. Mm-hmm. Because then now I'm pulling them to the side saying I get it. Mm-hmm. Be validated in your anger. Because anger is a human Feeling. Mm-hmm. And if we take it spiritually, even the Bible says, be angry but sin not, yeah. right? Yeah. Gotta have However, some righteous if I keep looking at you and feeling like your anger is bad, but when I cry, we gonna coddle that person. Yeah. Right. Oh, don't cry. Yeah. That person was that person too until yeah. people kept rejecting them. They kept going through stuff. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in there, they placed this hard extension. This exterior mm-hmm. around what we all are, mm-hmm. human. Right. I wanted to talk about the the crying part because even now, like even women raising sons, we'll tell our son, "Stop crying, which crying for?" And I got a theory. Be a, be a big boy. Don't mm-hmm. don't do this. Don't. And like and sometimes like when my son growing up, I have a ten year old son, and sometimes like I would have to catch myself. Now, if it's nothing for you to be crying about, then I'd be like, hey, what you crying for? Can you talk about it? And sometimes he can't articulate it. And I understand why. I mean, my son, he um, he has autism. So a lot of stuff, like if he, he doesn't know how to really express what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. So if he can't communicate it to me, it comes out in the form of crying. Mm-hmm. So what I would try to do is lower my voice. I would try to talk, not try to be so aggressive or whatever towards him. But it's, I mean, it also gets kind of difficult because um, it's not, I'm, I never want to say I'm the mother and the father because I'm not. You're not. I'm just, I'm just his parent. I'm his mother and I can only do, I'm like, I do the best that I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I'm too aggressive, then I just try to lower it down. I try to be a little bit more mothering. But a lot of that stuff with the stop crying and people think that it's being weak. And that's, they say that to, to girls and boys too right. growing up. And I hate that they tell you that just like you're saying it's because it's not a sign of weakness. It's it I'm getting not. everything that I'm feeling on the inside out. is coming out in form of tears. Just like if you you upset and you're fighting somebody, you crying, and you not only is you you know delivering blows, but you also getting all that and pain, fit, that anger, yeah. that everything. You getting everything out, and I think a lot of stuff like we learn from our parents too, because. Not necessarily parents. Learn. It's innate too. Yeah, you because, can't escape biology. Because what, like my mom, she raised uh, me and my brother by herself, strong, strong black woman, and I never seen her. I never seen her cry. I seen her go through a lot of stuff with my dad. I seen her go a lot of go through a lot of stuff with um, her job, going through stuff, just just raising both me, you know, me and my brother, and I never really seen her you know, shed a tear. So then that kind of like rubs off on you. You like, no, nah, I got to be strong. Like my mama, my mama was strong. My mama didn't cry. My mama didn't this and this, this, this. And that's what I use to kind of like shape myself into. But as I gotten older, I learned that that that's wasn't not realistic. Weakness. And like, it's not realistic. And I felt better when I am upset about something or I'm frustrated about something and I do cry about it and I just take a deep breath like, huh. There you go. You yeah. exhale. I'm starting to feel a little bit better and then try to dissect what's really going on with me and how can I fix things. Yeah. Oh, but your mother did cry. Yeah. Because mothers cry. See, yeah. see <laughs> what we were taught was you don't let nobody see you cry. You go in the dark and you cry. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm strong too. And I went through that don't cry. What that's going to change. I thank God that I heal from that because I teach my daughters, be strong. Hold it together. 
Tell you, get through what you got to get through. Then go give all that to God. Get that off of you. Mm. You're not going to hold that. I do cry. I do love you. you. This is something that parents do to protect their children. Mm. And they may maybe possibly thought it was healthy, but it wasn't. Because as a child, your perception was, my mama don't cry. But your mama did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we do have to be careful Careful when we're parenting what we, what we put out there. I want to speak and go back to, this is important. This is what helps me a lot with helping males. Because there was often said in therapy that women can't be good therapists for males. It has its issues. Wow. Especially if you can't acute. No. I've literally had that to happen. A, a person keep coming back, and I'm like, do you need healing or do you need healing? <laughs> like, because I'm your like, therapist. I, well, I need your number. <laughs> then right. I, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Let, let's, we have to talk. We have the contract like, Do you do home visits? Right. Can I please? Like, no. So, um, and laughter is good for the soul. Now, and it is also laughing. therapy. I learned that in a conference. So sometimes you'll see me. I'll bust out in a joke when things get too serious because mm-hmm. everything ain't that serious, yes. right? Right. But I do want to speak to something that I always talk to, especially black men about. So in the black community, I remember this. I have three brothers. Mm -hmm. Well, on my mother's side and on my father's side, I actually have six. But I didn't have that relationship with those six brothers growing up. Mm -hmm. And growing up, because my mom was a teen mom, I was kind of like the next mama in line. Mm -hmm. So if mama has something to do, I'm my mama. My brothers will say to today, uh, the oldest is 28, the other one 33, like you were my other mother and you still are. Mm -hmm. And when there's issues, guess what gets called? Big sister, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, this is something that I taught my brothers, and I teach this to a lot of males. I start out with the question to say, does pressure burst pipes? Yes. Absolutely. If you have a piping system, men relate to basketball, and men relate to anything that ain't all flower and fluffy like women. Mm -hmm. So I deal with men differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So if pressure burst pipes, what you think pressure would do to flesh? Flesh is delicate, mm-hmm. right? We're human beings. We are housed, our, our spirit and soul and stuff are housed in this flesh. So let's wrap that around. If you keep allowing life, whether it's mental, physical, social, emotional, financial issues, to hit and press your physical, you are going to explode or implode. It's going to come from somewhere, pouring out. It's going to come out. What is it called? It is called depression. It is called bipolar. It is called schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Mm. Why are we having all of this mental situation going on with our black men? I can't go outside with dreads because I'm a target by the police because they're not effectively trained. I can't go outside and sit on my front porch or they going to start shooting. Mm-hmm. I can't go get a job just because I was driving in a car one day and got a case against me, so now I can't provide for my family. Mm. I got to deal with the, the local drug dealer who got all the money in the world, who my, my woman going to probably probably go over here and go to because I'm trying to get a job and do it right, but I can't. So then now I'm going to convert to the streets because what else what other way is there? Mm. I've bagged enough. So the the long story short, and my long stories are never short, but um, yeah, pressure burst pipes. Mm-hmm. Same thing for our little boys. So if you start teaching your little boy mm-hmm. at six and seven in the black community, I'm talking to the black community. I saw this growing up. Punch him in the chest. Man up. Don't mm-hmm. cry. Because you what you essentially what you're trying to do is prepare him for the streets mm-hmm. because this is all you know. Mm-hmm. When really outside of Chicago or whatever inner urban city area that has a lot of crime and all of these issues, there's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't play about every spring break. Twice a year, I take my kids someplace they ain't never been. 
When you get ready to make a decision where you're going to go to college, where you want to meet your spouse, where you want to go to church, it don't have to be here. You have mm-hmm. multiple options. You have options. Yeah. And so when we begin to teach our kids you have options, but furthermore, you're human and you're supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to create what's called a healthy individual that we're bringing up in society that is still going to be a man because any woman, when she see her man cry, we ain't talking about some man up. You get, The first thing we like is... I don't know what to do. He crying. You know what? I, <laughs> but we're okay? not troopers. But you know what? I had an issue with the with the with the guy with the with the crying thing. Now, my son's father. He, <laughs> I feel like that's how he kind of like kind of like will rope you in because it was an issue. It was a I had never really seen a guy cry. So we was going through some stuff or whatever, and he was just you know breaking down about some stuff, and he was crying, and I was like, oh, first thing my first instinct was like, oh, I mean, you just. Get it all out. Let's talk about it. And and I was breaking up with him. And I'm like, oh, I br- it kind of like drew into my heartstrings and it kind of brought me, kind of like brought me back on his side. But I felt like that person was using it as a tool mm. because when we was having issues again, he was all crying and I, and I had to tune it out. I had to let it go. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, nah, I, I can't I because <laughs> he's just trying to like... With the crime, I was like, yep, that, that that's, is, that's not going to work. You wasn't going? No, I wasn't going. So I will speak to that. It's funny. Let's go back to what I said in the beginning. Individualistic. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is raising a child up to suppress his feelings that are mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. What is mental health? Mental health becomes mental health when it is abnormal. That is the, that's, the, that's, that's the separation. Mm-hmm. We all go through moments of severe sadness or depression or grief. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. If you lose somebody, you're going to be sad. That's right. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're depressed. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. However, when you have somebody that's manipulating, mm-hmm. using manipulation, mm-hmm. power, control, verbal abuse, oh, look at my tears. Don't leave me. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> up under there is some underlying issues that yeah. he went through as a kid. But when I see that, there is mental, there is mental illness. Yeah. So absolutely. But who are some of the other titles that we can say fall up under that same category? Psychopathology. <laughs> we can talk about people that are schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. One day they one way and the next day you're this way. You know, so right. I call them a Gemini. Okay. Yeah. I hope ain't no Gemini's you can in the some room. Words to look up. I gotta nah. look up some of this stuff. But yeah, psychopathology. You know, these people have unresolved issues, abnormal way of dealing with their emotions, mm-hmm. and power and struggle and control is kind of like that underlining thing that happens in domestic violence cases. Right. That happens in rape. Mm-hmm. That ha- happens in psychopathology behavior. You have to look at behavior. Right. If you understand human nature and behavior, you can you can you can work with anybody. I can sit with a drug dealer. I can sit with a kid. I can sit with a male. I got male friends that think I'm the other the other dude, yeah. and I'm not. I'm very feminine, and but yeah. because of perspective, and it, when you learn how to deal with people and understand behavior and mental illness and the way we operate as human beings. You can begin to change some things in the world, and it's just dealing with different types of people. Like, yeah, I mean, even in with the example that uh, Tanisha just used, again, that could have been a form of manipulation. Not saying that that he was repressing his tears or feelings. It's just 
that's his way of dealing with conflict. Like he he don't know how, and yeah. so he throws a tantrum, right? Like you and it, leave you alone, right? Yeah. And it, it it goes on from situation to situation. Like we went back earlier saying how we have to deal with everybody differently. I may have been able to deal with trauma and say, okay, I don't want to be like this, and I want to move forward. And I, prime example, my brother sister growing up, right? I saw trauma and I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to do something better, right? I have a brother who, you know, we grew up in the same household, did the same things, but we we have two different paths. And not bec- not because he's weaker, it's just that he needed more help to get through trauma than maybe I needed at that time. And not that we both didn't need help, because, but I just deal with it differently. He might act out in rage. I might think everything, you know, I might act out in comedy. Everything's funny to me all the time. So, <laughs> I mean, I might act out that way. I mean, but whatever helped me, I figured out how to grow a... I don't know, defense mechanism or, or a way to be in order to make my life you know, what I wanted it to be. And, and not I, saying that he didn't want his life to be great. He just didn't know how to get out of the cycle. Yeah. It, that kind of speaks to the fight or flight. Yeah. If you've heard that perspective before. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, some people fight. And a lot of people are still in like the survival mode. When really outside of that is thriving. Mm. You can th- thrive as opposed to survive. Mm-hmm. But if you've never been taught another way, like... Some of us in school grow up biologically. We're very academically inclined. We know how to read good. We know math. We touch a subject. We're good at it. Mm-hmm. You have other people who don't catch on that way that quickly. Right. So they do need, and I agree, they need some additional help. They mm-hmm. need some additional instruction. But the truth of the matter is we really all do. Right. I can sit and pretend Absolutely. that I know it all and I'm the end all to do all to be all. But the truth of the matter is that everything that I can speak on today has been my experience. Right. And the way that I did it, because I have three brothers too, was to say, I don't want it anymore. Right. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in, I'm moving from survival mode growing up in Chicago to thriving. Right. And I see for myself and my children a whole nother vision of how that looks. And it looks like outside of Chicago. Right. For yeah. me. But my brothers, even and I have a brother that moved away from Chicago and still. In the same predicament. Right. He moved my niece away. My niece used to be here. She's 15. They've been gone maybe four or five years. He got in some trouble because he does have bipolar, which is one of the reasons why I did get him into health as well, mm-hmm. and went off on the police. So they put him in a halfway house. 15, where the 15-year-old going to go? Right. Where mm-hmm. she always go? Auntie, mm-hmm. she pregnant. Oh. Mm. So am I... Am I disappointed? Absolutely. I didn't want that for her. I wanted her to to do what I've been teaching her whenever she comes to my house in the summer. Mm-hmm. But she felt rejected. I can't help her feeling less rejected. Mm-hmm. I can teach her some things, but that healing she got to give for herself. But God is in control because now she at my house and the game going to be a lot different than how it looked when it was right. in Minnesota. Right, yeah. and, and you're you going to love her right and I think on. he and took that, some of that important. stuff with him. And it's like, it's, it's important to try to heal what's going on in the inside because change of scenery may not help it. Absolutely. You're still taking all you, that baggage. Because you who you are no matter where you go. Right, you're taking all that baggage with you. You are. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, this was great. I appreciate it. A lot came out. I mean, I, I, I wish I could recap. We came from... From healing to we grew up differently to to how to deal with relationships to I mean we hit childhood conflict, conflict. we hit yes. a lot we hit a lot so I am very grateful for you coming here today Absolutely. thank you so much that expertise and, and that knowledge and, and definitely passion behind it yes. uh, was apparent so we appreciate you coming we gotta wrap up the show I hate to get out of here That's but we can talk well, about this again. all night we can.
Man, thank you so two. much. Tell <laughs> us how you felt about the show. If you have experienced any of these issues, if you if you're going through something on the same level, if you feel like your childhood really uh, shaped the way you grew up in life. Let us know how you think about the show. Let us know how you think about the topic. Tanisha B., how can they reach us? Hey, Battles, you can reach us at Combat Divas Podcast on Instagram as well as YouTube, Combat Divas Pod 1 on our Twitter account, Combat Divas Podcast at gmail.com, Combat Divas Podcast on our Facebook page. We'll see you all there. Bye. Combat Divas. Stomp your left, right, left, combat divas.